the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. It isn't common to other people, but God is faithful. And he won't give you more than you have to handle. And he'll provide a way to escape the impossible looking situations that you'll be able to bear it. And all of this brings us to the book of Ephesians. Because what you understand here is what God has done for us in and through Christ. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past you've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible with you Oh, nothing is impossible Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby. Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith begins a new teaching series from the New Testament book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. We often forget. There was a time, uh, St. Bartholomew's Day in Paris, France, where they began the slaughter of 25,000 Protestants because of a type of sermon I'm going to preach today. We forget what we have today. The idea of freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, all the things that we take for granted which really came out of the Protestant Reformation. And so we want want to forget those things. We really don't. We want to keep these things in mind because we have been blessed beyond belief as Christians. We really have. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get started, let me prepare us for the message with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are here because we have been blessed beyond belief and all that God have done for us through Christ and in Christ. And so as we begin this introductory message to the book of Ephesians, Lord, help us to listen, to learn, to be changed, and to serve you with a whole heart. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in Silicon Valley... Here in Silicon Valley, some people, some professionals, 
are unfairly and unkindly saddled with responsibility, more responsibility than they can possibly bear in the workplace. They are given too large a burden. Uh, They have too small a budget for the tasks that they've been assigned by their employer. They have too large a budget than they can possibly manage. Maybe they've been given too large a staff. They've been promoted beyond their bandwidth. And the pressure, the pressure, the pressure can be unbearable. And this kind of pressure takes other forms as well in the world around us. We live in an age where there seems to be a war going on somewhere in the world. Uh, And what happens is people in the military sometimes are promoted to levels of command beyond their capacity. And lives are at stake. It's bad enough to see a work team fail or a project not meet plan. It's another thing to see people under your command die. And so this is the world that we live in, a world where we have, we face lots of responsibilities, lots of challenges, even as myself. As a father, once a young father with young children, now I'm about to be a grandfather, and I have two saved daughters married to two saved men, and now we have another one coming on the stage, and we want to do all we can to raise her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I remember when I was a younger parent, a young parent, with the birth of each one of those daughters, I just saw the stakes increase and the pressure was on me because their eternities were at stake. And one new thing I knew for certain is I would do all that I could in my power to see that my children understood and so far as it depended on me, heard and received the gospel. That was among my primary responsibilities as a parent, and I imagine it will be as a grandparent. What a weighty responsibility that was. It became weightier and weightier each passing year. Who could know what would lie ahead in the days and years to come, whether it was illness, disease, or accident? But you see, one of the things I was thankful for as I grew in Christ was to understand that In one area, the pressure was off because I had my responsibilities and God had his. That's why you often hear me say, abide in Christ, keep his word, and let him do the heavy lifting. Our God is mighty to save. And my job was to point the children to Christ, to train them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, to tell them about Jesus whenever and however I could. And his role was to save them. There are some tasks that parents and grandparents lack the capacity for, and our God will never saddle us with more than we can handle, right? 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. there's no temptation that's taken you that isn't common to other people, but God is faithful, and he won't give you more than you have to handle, and he'll provide a way to escape the impossible-looking situations that you'll be able to bear it. And all of this brings us to the book of Ephesians, Because what you understand here is what God has done for us in and through Christ and what he expects of us as a result. And the book of Ephesians is is an incredible book. I remember as a new believer, that was the first book of the Bible that I studied. My pastor taught a a 13-week course on hermeneutics for the men in our church And as a new believer, I wanted to understand God. I wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I wanted to understand how things worked. And somebody told me that Ephesians 
was the book. Six short chapters, a 45-minute read, first three chapters of the indicatives, this is what God has done, or the doctrines of the, of the, of the scriptures or the principles of the Christian life, and the last three chapters of the imperatives, this is how then we live. As a new believer, I remember, and this sounds really quirky, I remember diagramming the sentences in English. I didn't know Greek yet. And pulling them apart and taking out my King James Bible and my Strong's Concordance and looking up at just about every word. And what I realized, indeed, that the book of Ephesians was dynamite in a very small package. And as we get into the book of Ephesians, I think you'll see that. You'll understand that there are just some things that God hasn't left up to you, and there are some things God has left up to you. And that's what you'll see in chapters 1 through 3 and chapters 3 through 6. And when you read the first chapter, when you read the, uh, the greeting, even the greeting is loaded if you look carefully, if you pay attention, because this book is one of the most powerful books in the Bible. Let's look at the greeting just quickly here. Ephesians 1, 1 through 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. He didn't run for office. He was appointed. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's ironic when you read that because Paul once described himself as an enemy of Christ. He wrote in Galatians, you have once heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And here he is, an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to this church in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, outside of a little town. I've been there. I've been to Ephesus of Kusadashi. But yet this man who persecuted the church, whom Christ confronted and converted on the Damascus Road, this man describes himself as an apostle by the will of God. And in Galatians, he says, but when he who set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. He talks about he was set apart for this ministry before he was born. And what we see here is a foreshadowing of things to come in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, outside of the uh, greeting, just has two sentences in it in the Greek. And we're going to do the first sentence today. That's verses 3 through uh, 14 or 15. And what you see here is that Paul sees himself as being blessed beyond belief. God set him apart as an apostle of the Gentiles. He was going to send him to all kinds of places. And he was going to suffer all kinds of hardship. But he reminds himself over and over again of how good he has it. Sometimes we forget how good we have it. Because God truly does the heavy lifting for us. We preach the word, we share the gospel, and God changes hearts and minds. And that's a wonderful thing. So what I'd like to do now is just get into Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll get into the first uh, 13 or 14 verses. And let's start with uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus... Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to watch out for what follows here. Because as one commentator describes it, Paul explodes into a, uh, 
into a song of almost, of what he calls restrained or constrained ecstasy. You know, we never lose self-control, the fruits of the spirit, right? Peace, love, joy, kindness, self-control. But he just blows up into this controlled ecstasy over what God has done, over how blessed he is beyond belief. And he talks about all that God has done for these Christians, for us here today and those them and there in Christ and through Christ. And I want you to, I want you to listen for what God has done. Picking up in verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of, the glo- of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in, in the beloved. Now savor the provisions that come. This is where you really know the pressure is off. Verse seven, in him, in him, we, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So what in the world was Paul so excited about? What should you be excited about? Well, it's like this. Paul affirms that God is blessed, as one commentator puts it, and then he elaborates on how God expressed this blessedness toward humanity and in salvation. God is the active agent throughout this, this doxology here. And the benefactors of his activity are people, human beings, sinners like you and me. It is God who has blessed, verse three, chosen, verse four, predestined, verse five, freely bestowed, verse six, lavished redemption and forgiveness, verses seven through eight, made known and purposed, verse nine, and given an inheritance according to the working of his will, verse 11, and sealed us, verse 13, and given the Holy Spirit, verse 14. Therefore, it will be his glory that is to be praised, verses six, 12, and 14. Now, the amazing thing is only two times in the entire doxology does Paul refer to any human activity. In verse 13, he declares two preconditions of the Holy Spirit's sealing, hearing and believing. 
both of which are dependent on divine activity, on God's sovereignty. God must send a preacher and supply the spiritual power for the message to accomplish its tasks. Therefore, even when the sinner is active, God is also. Thus, the entire context emphasizes strongly the primacy of God's role, the the supremacy of God's role in our salvation. Hence the title, but, but blessed beyond belief today. And for this reason, and we'll, in response to the application later on, Paul will call us to walk worthy, right, of the calling with which we've been called. Uh, he'll, he'll talk about that in chapter four. That's the B1 of who we are here at this church. B1, bring one, build one. Living our faith out in light of so great a salvation because we are blessed beyond belief. In response to God's salvation, not to earn it. So today, I want you to understand and consider three realities about what God has done for us in and through Christ so that you can live in light of his goodness and grace and bear witness accordingly. I want you to consider these three realities and respond accordingly so that God will get the glory for how you behave, how you think, and how you live. And God may bring souls to salvation through you. So, reality number one is that you and I are blessed beyond belief because you've been picked. You've been picked. 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 Where do you see this? In one form or another, it takes place throughout the verses of 1, 1, 1 through 14. But let's look at verses 3 and 5, Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. What does it say? What does the Bible say here? What does the Holy Spirit say through the pen of the Apostle Paul here? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It can also say in some translations from the heavenly places. Verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, even as he chose us in him from before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. I mean, think about it, adoption. When somebody walks into an orphanage or a foster program, do the children say, I'll take that parent right there? That's not how it works, right? I have a nephew. He has five children that he's adopted. Uh, One from America, One, I think, from Mexico, two from China, and one from Ethiopia. He and his wife uh, chose to adopt these children. So who chose whom, right? Who picked who? And that's what's going on here in the verse. God has picked us out. It's like we were puppies at the pound, and he came in and he chose us. But it isn't like he reacted to us, something in us. It says that he chose us in him when? Before the foundation of the world. You and I, like Paul, have been picked. We had nothing to do with it, nothing to commend ourselves. And how was this accomplished? By the will of God through Jesus Christ, according to the kind intention, according to the purposes of his will. And why was this done? Not by works of righteousness that we've done, no. 
but according to the purpose of his will. By grace, you've been saved through faith, not of works. You had nothing, you did nothing to earn your salvation. The perfect example is Israel, right? In the Old Testament. Israel is God's chosen people. Today, they have even as a national identity a lot of confusion about why they are who they are. But why was Israel picked? Of all the peoples in the world, Well, if you look at Ezekiel 16, Ezekiel chapter 16, we learn a lot about the basis of their choosing, of their being chosen by God. And it says this, and I want you to think about how God felt about the Canaanites later on, right? Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your origin and your birth are of the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your birth... On the day in which you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water and cleansed, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. Nobody did the normal things at birth that you do for a baby in that era. Verse 5, no, I pitied you to do any of these things out of compassion for you, but you were cast out into an open field, for you were abhorred on the day that you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you in your blood, live. I said to you in your blood, live. I made you flourish like a plant of the field. Despite their abhorrence, despite their origins, despite their ugliness, despite their helplessness, despite their powerlessness, God set his love on them. You see this reiterated in Deuteronomy uh, 7, 6 through 7. He says, For you are a people holy to God, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all the people. Like Israel, you and me, we, Paul, Paul had nothing to commend himself to God for. Therefore, he is blessed beyond belief that God chose him, that God, the Ephesians were blessed beyond belief that God chose them, and we are blessed beyond belief that God chose us. One of the New Testament examples of this type of thinking is uh, Jesus' comments that enraged the crowd after he fed the 5,000, where most of them abandoned him. And in John 6, Jesus offends his Jewish listeners. In John 6, 63 uh, through 65, it says this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So all that law keeping didn't accomplish anything. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And verse 665, he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it was granted by the Father. And after that, we know many of the disciples stopped following him. Why? Well, people like to think that they're special, right? This is what we tell people today. Everybody's special. But in the end, we're not. Why all the outrage? Why all the disappointment with what we see here? We shouldn't We shouldn't respond the way they did. We should respond with joy. One of the most beautiful pictures of a happy response to the gospel 
is in Acts 13, 48, where the disciples, the apostle is speaking to them about the fact that they have access to a heavenly home, even as Gentiles. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.